Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, I've got two of my really good old friends uh, that I've known since another uh, lifetime ago. Five years. Five years. Five years. Yeah. Six years, yeah. Shout out to Alpha Epsilon Pi Fraternity. <laughs> um, we've got a freelance uh, videographer, photographer, graphic designer, Stevie Robinson. We've got um, a manager for uh, Lucian Parker, uh, LD guy, um, uh, co-owner of Studio 21X, Riley Allison. Sir, thanks for having us, man. Good, thanks for being here. How are you guys' days going so far? Good, good. If I'm being honest, uh, kind of get started late here. Slept yeah. in a little bit. Just drove back from Minneapolis last night. So, oh, yeah, you're having uh, some car troubles. Uh, yeah. Uh, my uh, 2001 Nissan. It's doing his best. <laughs> doing his best. It's the little train that could. Yes, it is. Yeah, no, I feel that. How have you been, man? I've been good. Um, so you've been busy with the podcast. Yeah, I've been in this exact spot, in this chair, mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, it's been a blast. I mean, it's been kind of hard, like, finding that balance of, like, being here, being at work and making some money, and also just being in my room doing nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like trying to find that, like, that, um, you know, good uh, rhythm of everything. But I'm, I'm now that it's, like... Now that I'm, I'm kind of like, um, I've been doing what I've been doing for like a while, so it's kind of getting easier to like be in that that uh, holding pattern. So oh, that routine. Yeah. But overall, I've been really good though. Um, good. Today's the grand opening of the new state. It's really exciting. Is it? Congrats to the new state. Yes. Shout, shout out, out new state. state. Yeah. yeah. So um. Really cool what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So um. Well, how much of it is open now? Is it? Fully um, operational now? I the, believe so, yeah. Like the venue and everything's ready? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Like tonight's like the first um, like uh, actual show there, I believe. Yeah, good thing, good good stuff that they're doing over there. Yeah, totally. Definitely shouts out to them. Mm -hmm. so, um, so we talk a lot of Mr. Nice Guy. We talked a lot about love and fear. Uh, you know, how that uh, influences our creative minds, inspires us to go after what we're chasing, how it, you know, inspires us to make change. Um, and, uh, you know, you, like, obviously, um, you know, we've been friends for a long time and, you know, we've, uh, we've, um, you know, we've hung out, we've argued, we've partied, like, um, but I've also, like, you guys have been there from, the, like, basically since the beginning, since, like, you know, I came to Milwaukee and I've seen how much you guys have grown and how you guys are doing such amazing things for the creative scene. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So Stevie, what's up, man? What's <laughs> up, dude, guy? I just want to say, Ben Slowly was our pledge at one point. I was a pledge. Um, I wasn't a part of this fraternity, but I was. I lived there. Um. So Stevie. Um. So you've been doing uh, photography for a long time. You were in school for a while at UWM. Um. So I guess like I want to start with just uh I guess how you started like feeling like photography was a creative me medium for you? Um, I don't know. I always felt like photography was kind of important to me because growing up, my dad was a photographer and he was always documenting everything. 
um, with either a video camera or a camera. So I think once I went away to school and kind of decided something to do with my career and with my life, I decided to go down that route of photography and that just kind of became my creative outlet from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, so, and then um, I know you um, decided after a while like school wasn't really a thing anymore. What made you decide that, uh, you know, yeah, to put that um, I was like in my last semester actually, kind of like <laughs> two months away from graduating. Wow. Yeah. And I kind of just came to this point where I was getting really busy with all of my freelance work, doing videos, doing album covers, all of the stuff that I was getting booked to do. And it just kind of, I kind of came to this decision where like, why am I getting a degree in something that I can get a job in working nine to five at a design firm doing like graphic yeah. design for the rest of my life, working for like companies doing like minor like touch ups on like logos or like little stupid things. And it's like right. not really somewhere where I could creatively grow. And that's where I just decided to open up my own um, freelance operation, running my own LLC, doing that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I totally feel that. I've, uh, I was post-graduation last year, I was like applying to all these Indeed jobs I had absolutely no interest in doing. And, uh, it's like, that's the whole idea of like, like, you know, you like, we're, we're just kind of like so conditioned to have that mentality that we need to find this, like this, like, you know, this job with a salary, with like a set, um, like a, with just such a set pattern, but it's so hard to move up with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I <clears throat> actually last summer, I mean, I kind of had one of those jobs. I uh, kind of started working for Fox Sports North yeah. in Minneapolis. Yeah. So I was uh, doing video editing and we were producing pre and post game for the Brewers from Minneapolis. We were doing the Brewers games and also the Twins. Um, but it was miserable, man. <laughs> Yeah. Like no, like it, it sounds like a cool job, and like for somebody that is more, I don't know, gravitates more to video editing and stuff like that, and can be behind uh, in a television studio for seventeen hours a day sometimes because baseball extra innings, yeah, right, all that kind of stuff happens. But you know, I would ask the producers how they like their jobs, and none of them really seemed happy. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell me, you don't really guzzling coffee and not really seeing their families yeah. and uh, so television. I was quickly like, yeah, this is not the industry for me. Mm -hmm. um, although I'm passionate about sports, it just was, I don't know, like like you said, like just working in, I don't know. Some people aren't meant for certain environments. Yeah. It was a great opportunity right. that I had, but I ultimately just I had to stop. Yeah, I and you're. You're living in Milwaukee again, right? Yes, I just moved back. Cool. Yeah, I was just in Minneapolis for surgery. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Riley, you uh, you hopped around to several different things. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you were playing rugby, hence the surgery. Um, we we're talking about how that's going. Um, you can start to lift things a little bit more now. Oh well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, not much. Left arm still. A little tender, we're getting there though. Yeah, you still, um, when was the last time you played rugby? Uh, so my last season with UWM was last spring. Oh, okay. And, uh, yep, that was it. And I probably won't get to play again. I got to coach 
a little bit. My went on uh, while I was covering at the Coach Miles High School team. Sure. And that's always good to yeah. get back involved and, you know. So, Riley, where did you, where did your insertion into the creative scene really start to uh, unfold? As long as I can remember. I have two older brothers. Uh, one's four years older, one's five years on, older. And they've always been uh, heavily involved in the rap scene in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. um, my oldest brother was, you know, rapping with Rhyme Sayers and Slug, Prof, Brother Ali, uh, I Self Divine, those guys in Minneapolis. Shouts out to them. Um, but, uh, yeah, my brothers were in the hip-hop scene in Minneapolis, and obviously the game's totally different. That was back when you were selling CDs out of the back of your car and stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, you know, I was nine years old, eight years old, you know, when I started seeing that. Um, I never really wanted to be a rapper, but uh, I was actively going to concerts and always kind of seeing how things worked, and it always sparked my interest. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't know. It kind of just it, it kind of came to me when uh, I started working for Grizz. Uh, sure. Or All Good Records was his label at the time. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, so that's Grizz. That was yes. a big part of a uh, big part of my place in the music industry. Now was getting that opportunity to work for his label and uh, do a festival summer tour with them, doing social media. You get to like actively like uh, like interact with him at all. Well, I did then, yeah. When I, yeah, so I would I would control his. I would be on the back end of his uh, Snapchat. Oh, oh. Or so like we'd have like a little psych video, like a promo video before he'd take the stage, like Somerset Music Festival, like we're going on at twelve, whatever. He'd say it into the to the camera, and then I just post it off of his account because mm. you know as an artist you don't always want to be worrying about that too much but it's also a good look sometimes you know especially at a festival like that when you're coming up like he was at that time obviously he's massive now yeah um, right. this was back in 20 what was that when was i doing that 2014 2015 like yeah sure 15 probably something like that but yeah that was working with grizz and the floozies and manic focus and all those guys that, that was kind of what started my uh path into the music industry. Well, I'd say my brother's before that, but that yeah. was my first, like, actual, like, work with sure. it. And then you got involved in Red Bull. Yes, I did work for Red Bull for two years. And we, yeah. our old place at J3. Yeah, you we, guys, I, I had these guys hooked up. Dude, we had just, uh, just cases of, of that shit. So yeah, Red Bull, my job, my position with Red Bull, I was able to work with music as much as I could. And so I saw what you guys were doing at uh, J3. Right, yeah. And uh, that's actually how, I mean, that's how I met Jake. Actually, no, I met Jake from the fraternity. Yeah, show, right? yeah. once upon a time. All of time. you guys are in that. But uh, that's that's when I started, you know, helping out those guys with their, and you guys with your uh, mm -hmm. with their shows. Right. Just uh, sponsoring it with Red Bull Gear. And I would always try to keep my um, events that I was working with related to the culture and music. Um, because it's it's lacking. Yeah. Red Bull's attention to it was lacking. So I tried to, you know, do what I could, but there was only so much I could do with Red Bull again. And that was another reason why I hung it up there as well. <laughs> yeah, so, sure. Yeah, man, these big companies, they're tough to work for. I, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I mean, I can see that. Um, I mean, it's still cool that, like, you know, you got to 
Like, oh yeah, I'm very thankful for the experience. Yeah, for sure. Do like little sponsorships for you know these you know up and coming like DIY yeah. things. I wish I could still get my hands on all the metal stuff, but right. so how much do you guys uh, work together? Um, honestly, not not very much anymore. Yeah, not uh, not too much. Back when I was with with Red Bull, Stevie yeah. helped me out a lot. Other um, than the fact that we just work in the same creative spaces and we're always bouncing ideas off of each other and yeah, giving I, each other feedback on ideas and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd say our our, our working relationship is more. I don't know the way to put this. It's pretty casual. Um, we're not like there's no like manager connection or like right. it's more so like we're just good friends and yeah like yeah, we've, we've just been, we've been circles. we've been around this stuff t like n like together in this space for a while and it's just kind of you know if he'll run videos by me i'll tell him what i don't like he, he can listen to my criticism or he can yeah. tell me to you know shove it up my ass right <laughs> you know but yeah. but you know that's just you know part of it uh and you know, like he'll tell me the same. You know, if I'm doing things, uh, he works at the studio and big part in the the media media side of things. Um, sure. Yeah. So I mean, directly not that much, but like indirectly. We're just in the same space a lot. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah pretty much we're right. just in the same space most most. <laughs> I mean, we lived together for yeah. several years, so right. that was. Uh, and now that's under me. I'm upstairs with them, so. Oh. Wow, that's that's such a shift in the dynamic. Li <laughs> yeah. Living upstairs. Yeah. yeah, it was a hard move, my guy. Yeah, if you need anything, I'm not far. No. no. Um. So so I wanna I wanna hear more about Studio Twenty One X because uh, um, it's uh, it's right down the street. Mm -hmm. It's right in the Hard River West, and um, you know I see a lot of names such as uh, Lucian and uh, DJ Mondo and. Uh, Trip, Spice God, Mowgli, I hear a lot of those names associated with mm -hmm. uh, the, the spot. Shout out all of those folks. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about, like, uh, you know, what your goals with the space is and how it uh, came to be. Um, you know, so we've had the space for about a year. We haven't been fully operating, though. We did do pretty extensive renovation. Am I talking loudly enough? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that mic is pretty well, actually. Okay. <laughs> I talk kind of quiet. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, we've been going through a lot of renovations when we found the space. Um, it was covered in red carpet and lima, lima bean green walls, and there were a lot of walls we had to get removed, and so, you know... It sounds we, repulsive. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I'll show you the pictures after the... Okay. Interview. Sure, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, so we you know put a lot of, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into building it, and it's still you know we're still working on things. We're still uh, you know we're getting things moving, helping clients out, uh, you know at a faster pace now that things are, things are set up. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's growing. Um, yeah, that's just how that's how like it came. To yeah, be, sure. I so, I guess um. As so, you're co-owning it. Who else like kind of um, owns it with you? Lucian Park. Yeah. Lucian, sure. Yeah. Um, so, I guess like you know, I mean, I can kind of sort of. Um, I was sort of present for this in my own way, like when you know, when I was living with the J3 guys and watching how they um, 
you know, we're faced with um, the infiltration of like, you know, Milwaukee and its music scene and its talent. It can be kind of challenging um, to, to, you know. What do you mean by that? Like, like the infiltration of Milwaukee? Like um, having a new space, mm -hmm. like having a new space and just getting the word out about it, getting people to know about it. And yeah. Like, yeah. Well, actually, I mean, we haven't we haven't gone too crazy with that yet because you know we wanna we wanna give our best and so um, we're we want to get all the bells and whistles and loose ends tightened up and uh, be able to give our clients the best experience possible. Sure. So, um, you know, haven't gone too wild on the marketing side yet, but you know, that's uh, that's coming. Yeah. Totally. Sure. Coming for sure. That makes sense. So that that makes more sense. I feel like that's probably, um, I mean, it's, it's wise to, I guess, like work yeah, we're, internally we're, most. We're, we're, we're building and we're not rushing. Sure. Put it that way. We're not, we're not rushing anything right now. And we're, we're, you know, building things in house, keeping things in house and trying to run a tight ship. And yeah. Cool. You're um, also, uh, managing a tour, how it will, goes into work and doing that kind of stuff. Uh, what goes in managing a tour? Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, a, a lot, I guess I'll just use the recent y Europe tour that I just did, uh, Lucian Parker's Miforia tour with uh, Bravo. Great album, by the way. Uh, <laughs> listen to that shit. Miforia, yep, whatever. Um, and then Bravo came with us as well as our support. And uh, shout out to Bravo. Yes, shout out. And then um, and Mondo was with us for a few days as well. Shout out to Mondo. Um, that actually was kind of a, that was definitely a challenge because we had about two weeks to route it. Uh, our booking agency, all the shows were set up, but uh, there's some bumps in the in the road and we had to reroute the tour. Um, mm -hmm. We had about two weeks to do it. Uh, Damn. So we uh, pulled it off. Um, it good. was, uh, you know, it was an adjustment for me being the first one awake. Last one to bed, making sure everyone gets where they need to be, you know, dealing with everyone's plane tickets, yeah. passports, uh, work visas. And it took you um, through where in Europe? Oh, yeah. So we uh, we went to, we performed in London, we performed in Manchester, Berlin, Helsinki, Finland, and uh, Amsterdam. Nice. Yeah. Um, how do you feel, you know, different parts of the world uh, were responding to Milwaukee's music? It's a different world. Well, well, Lucian's from Minneapolis, um, so, and it was actually before we made the move, or he made the move here, so, um, so let's say Midwest music. Right? Yeah, let's, fair. Let's say, let's just say hip-hop, let's just say American hip-hop. Yeah, let's sure. Just, let's just use that, um, because they don't really distinguish Milwaukee from Chicago or some other, Yeah, you know, sure. over there. It's a very different <laughs> world over there when it comes to live shows and uh i'd say the european crowds definitely are more fixated on uh what's actually happening in the artistry and the music and the lyrics and they're kind of more taking it in instead of dancing and mm -hmm. you know they're more in engaged um yeah. it's uh yeah it's different the promoters are different there's kind of the whole etiquette it's just a little bit different and then some of that was because we're we were you know we're american and so I, I don't know how much that affected how, you know, we were treated, but everyone was very kind to us. Um, 
a lot of people say Europeans hate Americans and all this stuff, but I mean, for the most part, like, they, everyone was pretty happy to see us and stuff, and uh, I don't know if you know who S.G. Lewis is. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, shout out to S.G. Lewis, but uh, yeah, we co-headlined a show with him in Berlin, and... Cool. Um, you know, he's a ma he's a major artist, you know, he's, uh, you know, doing three million monthly listeners oh, on Spotify wow. and stuff, so, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a big name, um, and they just shared their green room with us and all their cool. platters of food and all this stuff. It was very, it was very just welcoming, so. Awesome. Um. I've heard the hospitality is really good out there. Yeah, it really was, and, um, yeah, that was a about the fresh air for sure. It was uh, it was cool. It was just it, man, everything was different. To be honest, like I could go on and on and on and on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, but there's a lot of really talented, creative people out there, and they're excited to work with American artists. So I do strongly encourage artists to you know look overseas, reach overseas, listen to music from overseas, because there's a lot of really good stuff out there that we're not hearing. Do you feel like the world seems bigger or smaller when you're out there? It's a good question. Um, honestly, it was situational. Um, sometimes I would feel like being in a mall in London, if I was inside a mall, I'd be like, oh, this seems like the US. But then when I'm in, you know, on the countryside in England, uh, the studio we went to was about two and a half hours outside of London and yeah. it's just like this is like in the movies or whatever and it's then you kind of feel far away because it's like wow I'm in a whole different like you know if I needed to run home for something I couldn't <laughs> I'm yeah. so far away um, <clears throat> then it seemed like palaces and all that stuff in, in London and it's just like well, we don't have this you know, right. <laughs> yeah. They have two lane highways there. If you if anybody thinks New York and LA traffic's bad, uh it's a breeze compared to London. Yikes. Um But yeah, so like it would it would kinda of be like when I'd see things that were similar to the US, it would feel like, yeah, man, like it's also it's all very similar. But then when like I was in Finland it was like this place is odd. They got like twenty four hour days up there. It's an odd place. Yeah. Finland is an odd place. That's a different can of worms, but yeah, Finland. Finland. <laughs> Shouts out Finland. <laughs> Finland's cool. It's it's weird though. Yeah, it's just weird skies. I'm sure. It's yeah. it's it's a strange it's a strange place. Uh, Germany's a strange place too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it 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 feels it feels it feels pretty big. I'm glad I got to do that. And awesome. see that. that was my first time leaving the country. It's amazing. And it was uh, it wasn't as a tourist. It was you know we were moving and going to radio interviews and yeah. you know Lucian talking to people on the streets and in sessions and you know meetings and so it, was, it felt like we were just there working uh, you know it wasn't as much of a we didn't really get to go look, look at this look at that yeah like I like just went past Buckingham Palace like I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah, go yeah. like look at it or nothing but but it's honestly like, like that's a in, in my opinion that's a cooler way to see a country it's more yeah. like Right. Organic. Because they're actually also getting a feel for like the energy, exactly. the entertainment yeah. energy and everything like that. Yeah, it's too. just like the people energy, man. Like just how, how they work and how they move and um, yeah, it's just a, it's a I, I wouldn't mind living there. Yeah. Maybe I should do a, a, a nice guy Europe tour sometime, huh? 
You'd like it. Europe. I, I got some people for you. Europe, it. I'm coming for you. I got plenty of people you can One day. Well, awesome. Stevie, what is... So this is a question I, I had for um, a couple of other photographers in an episode a couple episodes ago. Um, so when you're like working on a project um, or working on like a video or something for, you know, a client, how do you feel like... Um, do you ever feel like um, like confronted with like yourself being satisfied with like the finished product versus you know how the client is satisfied with it? Yeah, I mean, every time I work on a project, I battle that, and eventually you just have to say, okay, I have a deadline, yeah, and I have to get this done, and I'm not going to look at this anymore afterwards. <laughs> And that's just kind of like my way of working on things. That's why I work so fast. I like to get things done. And I like to see that finished product just so I can hand it to my client and see how they react to it. Because it's not really at the end of the day how I feel about it. Because like I can feel a certain way about it and my client can love the project. Mm -hmm. So like I'm not really going to put my emotions into something I'm doing for somebody else Yeah, type of thing. Are you like, uh, do you work on several projects at once or do you kind of do things one at a time? Would you um, there will be times where I'm working on like several projects. Like if it's something bigger, like a music video, there might be like some recap videos that I work on in between or like mm -hmm. a photo shoot that I work on edits in between, like minor things I'll work on in between. Yeah. But yeah, I feel that I've only ever done like every single episode that I do with this show. Like I have to do it one at a time. Like, I can have, I mean, I feel like it's pretty easy because, like, at the end of the day, the editing for the show's not that bad. It's just mm -hmm. kind of piecing together the two clips or three and then throwing a couple transitions in there and that's it. But you're working with a shit ton of different shots and different, you have to color code it. Yeah. Um, I imagine, like, it's, it just, that kind of editing has a lot more intricacies than sure. what I'm doing. Yeah. Just like, uh, I've done photos, graphic design, and all different all types, the other of, stuff. Any types of media pieces. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I like to stay busy. <laughs> Ditto. That's why I'm doing so many episodes, right? Um, what episode number are we at? This is 59. Wow. Are you serious? Yes. 5-9 tattooed on my arm. My lucky numbers. We'll go with that. That is... That's pretty cool. That is godly, right That's there. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. Episode fifty-nine. Yes, lucky number. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, what would you say is like? Um, what's like one of the, like your favorite experiences you've had so far working in the Milwaukee creative scene? Uh, you know, with um, an artist. I don't know. I love working with Niall. He's probably my shout out Niall. Niall. Just yeah. had him on a couple oh, episodes ago. He's my guy. Uh, uh, good energy, man. We have yeah, a good work good ethic together. We've pumped out a lot of music videos in the last six months, and he likes to work the way I do. Sure. Um, so he's got good energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What yeah. about uh, some of the famous people you've gotten to shoot for? Um, I mean, I. Shot some cool stuff too. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then there's yeah. obviously like the I a couple month or about a month ago, Shaq was in Milwaukee mm -hmm. and he did this like after party at Lucid. Oh yes, um, he did. And right. Lucid hit me up to come shoot this after party. And yeah. That was a pretty cool experience, like getting to like hang out with him in like the VIP section and all that stuff. And then like, yeah. I don't know. I've had some cool experiences. I would need to. Yeah. Was he like, like? 
how big was he compared to like everyone else in like? Uh, he he stands out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he definitely stands out. Yeah, no, that is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, Bobby, you, what what's been your favorite interview so far? Man. Like besides this one. Oh right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The lucky number uh, yeah, interview. Yeah. Um, I actually just got that question recently. Um, you don't have to say us, like. No, I know, I know. I, I like to answer the question if you don't want to. No, I, I, I'd say, I mean, you know, I, I think it's worthy to point out that, you know, there's bits and pieces of every interview that I really enjoy. But I'd say one of my favorite, most fulfilling interviews I've done is with Katie LaFond, uh, Siren. Katie LaFond. Oh, Siren. Siren. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people don't know that's like her real name. But yeah, she's very talented. She is. I don't know delightful. her personally, but shout out to her. I've heard her saying she's very good. Yeah. Um, she's one of the most genuine, down-to-earth, and humble artists. Um, cool, she's man. really taken a lot of time to like take a step back from what is expected. She's uh, she runs with like Webster. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, New Age narcissism. Yeah, and, they, and they're kind of spearheading the new state thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shouts out to those guys. Yes. Yeah. So. And girls. <laughs> yes, nice. we're gender plural here. Um, we like we just had a great conversation about doing not what's expected of you, but taking the time to genuinely find your sound, find your craft, and not feel rushed. Mm. Um, it's a big problem. Yeah. Um, deadlines are really hard when it's like, I mean, that's kind of why a lot of artists choose to stay independent, I imagine. Mm. Because it's like when they're tied down to a contract or label or whatever, like, they have to put X amount of stuff in by this amount of time. And mm. it can be like very, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on a lot of artists, and yeah. well, a lot. I mean, the money is in that, mm -hmm. but um, I mean, a lot. But a lot of what I've seen, at least, is a lot of independent artists rushing themselves, and that's where a lot of people can shoot themselves in the foot. Like, oh, I made this song, I want to release it right away, put it on SoundCloud, and I'm having all my friends post about it without properly coming up with a strategic release plan. Mm -hmm. um, and just like pumping out stuff because there's a lot of stuff that like, people miss because it's like so much stuff's coming at your audience and it's not strategically put together there's not a marketing budget right. and a lot of things get missed unfortunately a lot of really really cool art is out there um, that we don't see because it didn't reach us mm -hmm. you know that's and that's everywhere it's all over the world you know and it's hard obviously that's hard you know that costs money but it also takes a lot of patience so it's, make a record and then have the patience to sit on it, marinate it, you know, come up with a proper plan, make sure it's actually the one you want to release, make mm -hmm. sure it has to do with your brand and all that. So, I mean, patience with indie artists um, can be just as bad because the label's at least giving you a date you need it done by. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not like... Like yay labels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like right. it's it is it's tough for lab for labels and for indie artists because yeah. But that's more of an inner thing, I think. You know, I think that's more internal with the artists just excited about making a product, wanting it to get out, um, mm -hmm. or unsure about it and all these things. You kind of just gotta relax and just, yeah, patience is massive it's just a massive part of being an independent artist because and you get said no to a lot and you got to yeah, be patient yeah. and wait for that time and that when it's yes because right. if if you get said no to and 
that knocks you on your ass and you can't come up from that, you know, you gotta... You're gonna hear, you're not gonna hear back from a lot of emails. We're all to gonna get said not to, man, in yeah. this industry. In the music industry, in the media industry, um, media industry, journalism industry, like, you know, all of the, let's just say media industry, I guess. All of it, yes. We're all gonna get said no to a lot. Yeah. Um, and you guys talk about fear on this, and that's a huge fear that people oh, yeah. have, but you have to know that that's, that's what's gonna happen. You know, yeah. nobody just gets said yes to. I mean, it's happened, I'm sure, but like, you yeah. know, a lot of people have gotten handouts, but. Oh, yeah, sure. You gotta be able to roll with the punches and get back up. Yeah, man. See what you did wrong, fix it, and uh, be able to analyze it right. Oh, yeah, man. I've, there's so many emails that I've sent out, put a lot of time into wording and yeah. phrasing. Oh. Never hear back. Yeah, man. That's okay. Yeah. But it's tough. It, <laughs> yeah. it is tough at the same time. It can, it can be like a. It can. It can, uh, you know, discourage you. Yeah, exactly, you know. And, but then you kind of understand, you know. Think of how many emails these people are getting, you know. Yeah. And they don't really know the real you. So, exactly. You right. know, when it comes to emails, I would advise, you know, try to stand out a bit with it, you know. Yeah. But so Your email etiquette is very important. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. So how does putting yourself out there... Um, how does that, um, help with, um, mental health? Uh, as far as, as far as what? Regards. How does it, like, how does it, um, like, how does it affect our mental health? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, like, how, just how does this business really affect our mental health, pretty much? Yeah, like, or I guess how does it help you cope with, um, struggles you have with it, you know, just, um, having your, just, um, being proactive on your creativity. Yeah. Well, let's you tackle this one first. Yeah, I guess being behind a camera helps me be more social. Like it helps me place myself in more social situations, like going to shows and talking to people and networking. It helps having something like, oh, I do music videos, I do photos, I do graphic design. It helps having like something to talk about to like be able to relate to people in the scene. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that would be yeah. The, my best answers. Yeah, me. yeah, but totally. That makes sense. How about you? You know, when I get the most anxious and nervous is of light shows sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, because if I mess that up, I mess the whole show up. But, um, I don't know. I've always been a pretty extroverted person, um, and I've never really had too much issue with, you know, being... Uh, you know, talkative and communicating with a lot of people and putting myself out there. Honestly, I think that helps my, um, you know, inner struggles and inner demons and, you know, issues of, you know, mental health. Right, yeah. Uh, not to get too deep into specifics. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think staying busy and being surrounded by other creatives um, you know, like have like we live in a community, basically, uh, basically a community house mm -hmm. of creatives and hard workers, and um, yeah. So it's, I think it's good. I think it's good for it. You know. Yeah. I'm. Be I'm I, honestly, my mental health is better when I'm on the road and I'm busy and I'm just like, like I much prefer that. I like being on the road. I uh, I think that helps me just kind of. 
block everything else out and stay yeah. focused and stay routined. Um, obviously, this spring, having shoulder surgery, I've kind of been, you know, not in my typical routine. Yeah, right. But I think this business as a whole, uh, it, it luckily it, it correlates well with the mental struggles that I do, mental health struggles that I do have. Yeah. Like, I... Fortunately, I'm not scared to go talk to a lot of, or I shouldn't say scared to, but unfortunately that's not like one of my um, uncomfortable things to do. And so that's not a struggle with me in this business. That helps. actually helps and keeps my mind off of other things and yeah. kind of just seeing things come to fruition is very nice. I'm sure, you know, same with him, you know, when you complete a video and you see the, you know, the process might have sucked. Yeah. But then once you get that finished product, you know, or yeah, the process might have sucked, or we put on a really good show. Or we put on I think I'm happiest when I'm here. <laughs> like, that's why I spend so much time at High Five Studio. Because, like you said, you block off the rest of the world when you're in a space where you feel like you're, it's just designated to help you bring your goals to life. And, um,. I've become a lot happier with myself and with, um, I guess, just more comfortability in like what I'm doing and why I'm doing it because I'm surrounded by people that are doing the same thing for mm -hmm. the same exact reason. Um, so yeah, you have yeah. a nice community here to work with. Yes. Thank you, High Five for having us. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Gotta, I got to thank not only this space, but just thanking, you know, just thinking all of the the studios and creative spaces, galleries that are doing Actually, that exact stuff. My first time here. No way. Yeah. Yeah. You have to give me a tour when we're done. I'm gonna give you a tour. Mm -hmm. Why don't we go on that tour now, shall we? Stevie and Riley. <laughs> Back at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stevie. Thank you for letting me drink your water. Oof, yeah. I was thirsty. Um, so. Riley, what keeps you up at night? Many things, my friend. <laughs> Many things. Many things keep me up at night. Man, yeah. It's a loaded question for some. It is a very loaded question. <laughs> Thank you for asking it. Yeah. Stevie, <laughs> what, pe what keeps you up at night? Oh, man, just thinking about the future. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Future's scary, but it's fun, man. It's a journey. All right, because it's the unknown. It and we crave, we crave it. What puts you to sleep, Riley? Uh, dude, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> melatonin helps. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice uh, cup of tea. Cup of tea, cup of yes. Tea. Shout out to Earl Grey. Yeah, Earl Grey's great. Um, yeah. Uh, having a long day's work, feeling like I did enough. Yeah. What puts you to sleep, Stevie? Honestly, um, nothing puts me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Whatever my body gives out. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't sleep well. Let's be real. I'm not a good sleeper. That's okay. It is. A, it's an art form in itself. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Of Thank you for being on the show. It's Thank great you. to sit down with you guys finally. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna. You I'm gonna give them the tour. Apparently. Yes. Um, well, Stevie, you've been here. Um, yeah, well, uh, check out Studio 21X. Um, Stevie, Steven Robinson Photography. Uh, yeah. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.